waiting on fries. That you don't get it. You don't. What do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries. But all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed, and then you're it's like, ready Fuck, to go. I forgot to fire the fries. <laughs> I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in, and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Realistically, I come back 10 minutes with the food. Exactly. <laughs> they just know that their food's not there in the service, that they're still waiting on fries. I guess we're just waiting on fries. <laughs> All right. Presenting sponsor this is... presenting sponsor. My re- it's not the this pre- week. The, the presenting, presenting sponsor, sponsor until y'all throw in some, some coin, <laughs> is my <That's> restaurant. <laughs> it's, he was like, yo, uh, we got to get the presenting sponsor down. It's my, it's my restaurant. It sounds weird when I do it. No, it sounds perfect. It's it Smokehouse. What's the code? How do they order the food at the 10% discount? Smoke Squad, 10% off when you order your food at shtilgate.com. Smoke Squad, Smoke Squad, Smoke Squad. I hate that part. I know, I hate that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help it. I can't you can also it. get a table reservation there now, too, because we're back. Oh, yeah. Back open. And, and not and only are we back open, we've got, we've got Kyle and Sarah back in the mix sitting oh, with man. us today. Isn't that fun? Super throwback. I'm excited. Yeah, and he's got a lot, a lot going on on his own, too. You open up Instagram, and I know we talked about this last time. He's doing, like, 3 million TikTok videos all the time. He's out in the Hamptons. You can't even you can't find out where this guy is. Or you can find out too easily. But we we <laughs> got we got to talk about so many things, like, including your restaurant that, you know, a huge makeover has been underdone, undergone. Yeah. Under, under, what's the word? Underwent. Underway. Undertaken. Underwent. <laughs> Just help. Sounds good to me. Okay, cool. Look it up. But Lala Takiria. <laughs> Takaria. Takaria. We have people who work for us that call it that. I, Clearly you're from Stanford. I can't, I can't ever he not say that. It's really, it's <laughs> really a, that's tough. That's a thing. People, some people really can't say that word. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand the hardships about it, but I struggle. It's tough. <laughs> um, do we have a discount code that we can send these guys to the website and do, we have do some orders? Code? We, we had one for do. May, but that's over. Yeah, that's May's over. over. Uh, we don't. We can make one up. We can figure, figure this out later. Let's let some Kyle up too, in case people didn't check out the first episode uh, in which we spoke with Kyle the first time. But what's the website though for the Takaria? Yeah. LaLaTakaria.com or at LaLaTakaria on Instagram. That's the go. best place to get us. For, uh, you can order there. You can do check out our vibe and everything is there. So as a graphic design guy, I love that logo. It just pops. It is very and nice. speaks to you me. know what? I'm really the woman who did it for us. Is a good friend of mine. She used to be the head of graphic design for Reebok. Love it. And she left to do like corporate branding stuff for small businesses. So That's most, cool. mainly restaurants. But yeah, absolutely. With the color pop, it's like that uh, pastel pink color almost, yeah. but a little bit of neon hit in there too. Yeah. Overlaid on the the white underneath it, I believe it is, or yeah. black, depending on yeah. what the background is. It reminds me of the uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City logo. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with that. I'm if with you that. go in the restaurant now, it's all pink, so yeah, you know, yeah, it'll really be Vice City in there. We talked about this too uh, a couple episodes back too, where sometimes the most simple branding is the best branding. Where that logo is not ever leaving my mind. I don't think yeah. every time I pass it, I just look at the window and I'm like, that's a sexy logo. It was annoying. It was like. <laughs> She just hit it to us the first time, and we we're like, "Okay, I think this is the one. I think this is it." <laughs> yeah. But we like wanted we, we knew how much more. we paid yeah. her, so we're like, "Wait, should we get different?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want to see. There were some other ones, and they were not even close. But that's yeah, a that's another you. side argument too about things too is where you can get cheap graphics done, but you might have to go back and have a hundred uh, revisions versus you know paying somebody appropriately that does this all the time. They do this for a living, and they know those programs in and out, and they could just hit you with what it is and you go that's it yeah this is i mean i'll gladly give her a shout out her name is claudia del castillo she uh lives in cape cod she is um just like that like she'll spend her time and talk to you and really say okay so you're like she's never been to the restaurant never been to the restaurant never had one taco never did anything and she's like i think this is who you guys are 
So yeah, that's pretty great. good. That's that's that's, that's, that's a good point though. You you had her on the on your podcast, yeah. right? A couple yep. episodes. Which is uh, the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. That's the National Restaurant oh, Owners yeah. Podcast. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, yeah. Now, you want to talk about activity? Uh, this dude is talking to everybody. Who'd you just talk to the other week? So yeah, Michael. Chernow. I had Michael Chernow on that was cool. last week. I had a guy on. Um, I has been on yet, but he invented now this stuff called Bebot. I don't know if you have ever seen it. The video's on YouTube. Explain. It was originally like robots that were delivered food. This was pre pre Corona. It's not as wild as it sounds, but basically, like, it's a system that would be pick it up at the bar, go up and over, and drop it here. So it was mainly for a space that had multiple rooms or outdoor dining. Actually, I think we saw. I think that I remember seeing that at one of the shows we went to at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, so he now adopted that technology to be basically you just order here at your phone, you pay at your phone, and that's it. So no servers, no nothing. And now, and now where we're at. Yeah, I remember thinking that. Exactly. Like, that's kind of ridiculous. Who's gonna do that? Yeah. But now all of a sudden it makes sense. Yeah. So he's he's uh, I, I'm assuming he's crushing it with that. He just got rid of the robots <laughs> and uh, just selling the technology. But yeah, a lot of cool people to talk to. Can, Kyle, before you go any further, we got to talk about you and who you are and what you do in the restaurant business and what you do for guys out here because you really have a full, complete shop at the end of the day mm. where somebody that is looking to open up a restaurant, somebody that has a restaurant can come check in with you and say, I need this stuff done. And you're like, I got a guy. Yeah, yeah last time we guy. just talked about the real estate part of it, but yeah. there's yeah. It's like 800 different things you can call Kyle for. It's become a lot of different things lately. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's, I learned a lot of things the, the hard way by doing them wrong. So I hate to see guys not able to um, make it or like just struggle because they don't have the right guy's phone number or don't know who to talk to about certain things. So yeah, for sure. And then, you know, it's, it's just I, I said in the beginning, I don't like, I, I want to help restaurants succeed and lower the failure rate of restaurants in this country because there are so many guys, I'm just thinking like, we all know the names of some guys around here, they're probably not going to make it simply because they are too old school in their thinking or they are not willing to adapt their model or they didn't even know about the PPP until it was too late or they just don't have access to information. So just try to put it out there, yeah, and be available for sure. And, and to put a title on things really Kyle is a commercial real estate specialist at the end of the day um, but like we just said way bigger than that and I gotta thank you I think you helped out one of my buddies during all of this oh, yeah? looking cool. into PPP loans and, oh, really? and trying to yeah. secure his food truck and whatnot um, oh yeah he, yeah I spoke to him on the phone yeah yes. for sure yeah and you know just the fact that you were out there during all these times where guys maybe don't know where to find the reading materials don't yeah. know where to look for things or just overwhelmed completely you're like, I already got all these bases covered. Let's just put you in the right direction. This yeah. is what you can do. This is what you can't do. And and that's where we're at. But And that PPP stuff was some crazy shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was I back, back with you. Yeah, yeah, we back every day. We're like, yo, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Today? Anything? Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> and right now, too, like, the laws are just constantly changing day yeah. to day. So now I just went back to work recently. And I'm not ready to do three days in a row. I'm feeling it today <laughs> yeah. after the long weekend. Uh, but with that being said, every single time the phone call comes in and it goes, hey, can I have a party of five? Can I have a party of four? First off, it was no parties bigger than five. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, well, if the table's big enough and there's enough space, you can accommodate eight. In yeah. this table, you can accommodate 10. And I'm just like, how do you answer this when you're not taking reservations for things yeah. either? And it's kind of a first come, first serve basis. You know, you don't have a real answer for these people that are 
calling on the phone. You say, yeah, you could come in and wait, or we could split you up into two tables. Are they being they're being aggressive? Like as people are saying, like, can, can we just move this table over here, or can yeah. we do that? Like we're seeing that over in Larchmont for sure. Yep, the comfort level has like set in at this yeah. point. Yeah. Where at first everybody was willing to follow the rules. Was willing. Like, yeah, now they're kind of yeah. We're now nah, we're back. Just just put the table. Bring it up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Like, I know them. Did you, you guys <laughs> open in, inside now too? We did, but the weather's been so good up until last Just night. No one wanted you, to be inside anyway. Larchmont let you go into the uh, street. Look, Larchmont is, I mean, they're crushing it. It's like a model for what should have been done for everybody. For I sure. mean, it was not even, I mean, at least I wasn't involved and I had no idea it was coming. It was like, this is what's happening. There was some cheesy poster. I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, they're going to push their wear out. Right. And then they put these gigantic barricades out and it's, I mean, we're bigger outside than we are inside. Yeah. And yeah. the weather, I mean, the weather has been a huge factor in it. Thank God it's been we've, really nice. We've actually had great weather yeah. for, like, the past beautiful. three weeks. Yep. So, Can you kind of just describe, though, what Largemont has done? I haven't driven by once, as it's not convenient for my travels. Yeah. It's but, not really a way to go. It's not yeah. really a place did, you go in and out Do they shut down the main streets kind of deal, like many they, places have done? They put these big uh, cement, like, blockades in front of whatever they're called. Big cement things in He's front of He's holding his hands up, like, five Quite feet wide. tall, by yeah. the way. They're, they're wide. <laughs> and they're, they're big. They're not going anywhere. And basically block the parking off from, I think it's eight feet, from the curb out in front of the restaurants. Yeah. So then you can go down. If your neighbor happens to be vacant or they're not open at night, you can put your tables in front of there as long as they're six feet apart. And then they do all sorts of crazy things. They got somebody coming to paint the streets, like some <laughs> artwork. Um, we've got three 12-foot palm trees coming tomorrow to be there like for ambiance cool. tequila sunrise <laughs> cool. has like these really cool lights it's like it's like mardi gras over there the so palm trees are going to survive for like two months in this climate they're going back to florida <laughs> um but and okay so a lot of places have have done this pretty much um in stanford connecticut here they just took our back outside not, not area here. where the parking areas are mm-hmm. and they just paved over it uh allowing for a ton of tables to go outside yeah. almost more than the restaurants even built to handle that's the problem and we spoke on this too restaurants aren't built for this type of uh not volume but operation operation of how far oh, yeah. these tables are how far you have to walk out with the food and then not only that but are your tables covered we had torrential downpour the other day that absolutely killed every single place outside in Stanford that yeah. didn't have some type of overhang covering, uh, which is now something that you have to think about because if that's the one thing that's going to stop your entire day from making money, then how do you prevent going through that again? Do you now have a tarp that just rolls out the moment rain is coming or what? I know that's what we're going to say, like, how successful is this? When it, We'll find out how successful it really is once it starts to rain. Yeah. yeah. But we, I mean, you know, our place is maybe 600 square feet on the inside. So I think our capacity, we have like nine people in there. So <laughs> I think you get a little trend thing too, because I feel like even okay Tuesday we opened back up inside, we started service again. It is what it is, but people are coming in. I think more comfortable to sit outside. Yeah. So we saw what was it sat- Saturday that whatever day that it rained a little bit during lunch, the takeout numbers kind of came back a little bit. Yep. I don't I don't yeah. think people are not everybody's a hundred percent ready to come back inside. But people are still ready. More to people are ready to go outside yeah. than they are inside. But that's so. that's the badge of courage I think that restaurants who survived this whole thing is they're gonna say we were able to instantly change. Right. So you used to come in here and get your wings and everything. Well, Dick, get them to go. It's the same exact thing. Right. If they know you can do it, I think that's why you're gonna be able. To, it's gonna be front of mind when all of a sudden, oh, we can't go there. Then it's just order. And we yeah. got a to-go team now that's been doing it for three months. They got it down solid. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so if it calls, it's to go. Okay. All right. Cool. That's what we're gonna do now. And we, you know, we kept the front. 
the for service, we shut yeah. down that, that front. We had to be at 50% capacity anyway. So we lost the table up there, kept it to go, kept all the drinks like up there. To go window now, the window's right? there. You yeah. just walk up. So you have the restaurant outside and inside, and the to go window is still kind of like a separate thing. Real easy transition. One, two, three, and we kind of like it that way. <laughs> I know, right? You're like, let's just stick with this. Right. But that's a question. Does that make you, that's a, are you going to, you might not change this story, but does, does it make you rethink anything about what you have going on going forward? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for right. sure. Exactly. We have to look at the floor plan and floor plan and see, you know, what's going to change, what should we put in. We're definitely going to ramp up the takeout part. I mean, it was already part of it because we've always done a pretty good Yeah, takeout. New was always a pretty solid takeout location yeah. anyway. So now you just get to format your business or your uh, actual building around that business. Right. But it's an adjustment that had we started building before this happened, yeah, might you know, we might have been, been behind it. Mind. And now that, we, oh, yeah. now that we're, you know, it's still just plans on paper. So we can, you know what, let's put this over here and yep. put that over here for this kind of thing. And, and we got a perfect flow this time. This will be interesting. I don't know if it happened yet because I don't know how many people are signing leases yeah. you know, on new places yet. But we, maybe, maybe it's the first one. We have the uh, coronavirus clause oh, yeah, in, for sure, in the lease. What, is, what does that mean? And it, basically, I threw it in there and I was like, well, we didn't sign this lease yet. Now we're going through this. So what I want in there is a clause that says, if you know, we go into, because this was the struggle, we could talk about that a little bit of what happens when you pay rent. Mm. Now we don't have a capacity, but we still have to pay rent. And you gotta talk to your landlord. Some people's landlords are nice. Some people are not nice. The landlord could be struggling too. They might be yeah. paycheck to paycheck the same thing. You don't know, mm. right? Just because it's a big nut, whatever. You don't know what their nut is. So, but I said, let's put in the lease that if, you know, if we get it, one, initially, if a second wave comes back in January and we're just opening, then that we get a diminished capacity rent, rent. Yeah. in the lease. So if there's a state order yeah. that you can only have 50% capacity, and we pay 50% rent. If it's a state order that you can have zero capacity, <laughs> and you we don't pay the rent. That's a huge thing to put in, in, in your... Yeah. Uh, and it's logged into, it has to be a state order, and it has to, you can't just be like, that's fair. we're closed on Monday, so yeah. we get a prorate, you know, like whatever. Yeah. You know, but if something like that happens, and it's throughout the lease, not just coming back. So we said, listen, it's a 30 year lease. If it happens, maybe not coronavirus, but a pandemic. But any any so like state mandated lockdown? Yeah, so it's a pandemic clause That's that good. says if there's an executive order from the state that restricts any capacity, yeah. that's reflected in the rent for the time that the executive order is. That's yeah, I mean, is this the, the ridiculous thing about this, and obviously there's a lot to talk about, but the burden of that whole thing can't fall on the tenants. It can't just be the tenant's responsibility to fix this. It's gotta be on, you gotta think like business partners. Right. So what a lot of guys have done is say, okay, the pandemic laws, like you said, is okay, cool. So if there's, this is how it comes down from the state or from the federal government, whatever the case is, we're gonna shift to like a percentage rent or something like that. So if I'm at 0% and I'm, I can't open, you get 0%. Then if I open, if I ramp back up, or maybe there's a minimal base rent in there saying, you know, whatever, $5,000 a month and, and a percentage above it up to a maximum. But that kind of, I mean, you got to meet in the middle. You know, right. he, he doesn't want the space back. You don't want to leave. Or, right. And like you said, you know, they, they got bills to pay too. I, so I had heard you talking about that yeah. pitch too. And I said, I thought that was a great solution yeah. to being in a situation you're currently in. Yeah. Because just like you said, they don't want the space back either. We're in the middle of a, of a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Who's gonna, What's the likelihood he's yeah. going to find another you know, tenant it's right either, It's either this guy survives or you got to find someone that, you know, That's is ready to throw a bunch of money the into The market was spot. soft before this. Right. You know, so... so if you would have brought this up six months ago while signing a lease, they would have told you to go fuck at. yourself. Yeah, yeah, for right. <laughs> now, at, the, at this point, it's like, 
all right, maybe guys are going to start taking this and they're not going to think you're crazy for even bringing it up and saying, hey, this should be percentage-based in the event that something catastrophic happens. And by the way, yeah, and the thing is, it's not just mom and pop guys like us. It's national tenants going yeah. out. Yeah. You know, Starbucks asked for a year of no rent. Starbucks asked and for Cheesecake that. So Factory like, just say they're not going to pay any rent. Yeah, yeah. a lot of guys yeah. are saying we're not paying yeah. rent. And then when they open back up, they're going to say to the landlord, hey, you know what, we can only pay 60% of what we paid before. Take it or leave it. Starbucks also knows, too, though, that they're an anchor store for a lot of these complexes that, you know, they have other tenants next to them. If Starbucks goes out, it, they almost have to bend to these rules to some extent. Well, yeah, there's so much. Yeah, there's so much language. And some, some tenants, you know, depending on how much influence Starbucks has in that center or or what they were granted. Have you seen a center where Starbucks had no influence? <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, there are places that build, you know, places for Starbucks. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they'll say, um, you know, if Starbucks leaves, then our rent goes down because they're the draw. Like, if I'm a dessert shop and I have people going to get coffee and gum to me or whatever, some ancillary business, they might have a clause in their lease that says, if they leave, then I can leave. So there's a lot of little moving pieces of that kind of stuff. That's, that's interesting, actually. Yeah. Like, no, I want to be, be near them. Uh, I was talking to a guy that was actually pretty fortunate in his opening of a restaurant. He's been working on this place for a while, trying to get the doors open. And sure enough, as this was happening, I guess they found water damage, which got them a nice little extension on having to pay into the lease or start paying the lease, that yeah. is. So, you know, even with something like that, where now they don't have to start coming out of pocket as early as they expected to, you think even after that you could go back to the landlord and negotiate, hey, I'm... I, do you want me to open these doors or do you yeah. want me to just leave? I, I, get, I think it goes back to the partnership thing. You got to be like, Mr. Landlord, Mr. Landlord, like, I want to get this open more, you know, probably as much as you want to get paid. But this, I can't open like this. The, the health, whatever the case is. And it's smart, the smart landlords are going to look at it and say, you're right. Let me figure, you got to give me something. I can't take nothing. Whatever it is, everybody's different. But this, the thing in the city was landlords were just like, basically like, screw you. You got to pay rent. You sign something, would pay me. Well, I'm gonna put you in default and whatever. And some maybe did that. And some guys were like, well, screw you, I'm not paying rent. And neither one of those two things worked. And they held on to that for a long time. And then that personal guarantee thing came down, which said, landlords, which kind of screws the landlords, is that they can't hold these guys liable for their personal guarantees. So they're like, hold on a second, so these guys can walk? So the city council approved a thing saying, if you close between March, whatever, and June, whatever, due to the pandemic, right. I mean, it's the nuclear button for sure if you want to try to call the bluff, but you can do it. You can walk away, and these landlords are like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Right. So it's, uh, I mean, I, you've never had more leverage probably as a restaurant tenant, but it's still a dangerous game. I mean, this thing could turn around. You could get a, a vaccine at the end of August and change everything around. With the, with the ability of all these restaurants now and seeing firsthand and being in it, seeing how somewhat easy it is for us to pivot you've made a lot of changes here in smokehouse um i'm seeing a lot of changes going back to tagine at the bar and you know i'm i'm seeing that we're not selling the same things that we were selling previously we're not doing the same cocktails we were doing previously uh a lot of places are just doing plastic cups for outside also so you're not getting sexy cocktails everywhere you go with your beautiful garnish on top you know things that you're used to seeing so the other day when i was in there i said fuck this, I'm reinventing the bar. So I got rid of all the bottles that were in my immediate vicinity that we don't use anymore because we're not making those cocktails. And I made sure that I don't have to spin anymore. Now that I'm just a one-man show doing a service bar pretty much for the entire restaurant outside and inside, 
I'm making sure that we can cut those service tickets down even further. And just pump you know, drinks out. Totally. And it's a lot for, you know, a skeleton crew to oh, actually yeah. take all these tables because obviously every restaurant wants to maximize how much revenue they can bring in with as little staff as possible. And just talking to the GM the other day, she was saying that our location is actually more profitable than the location they have in Atlanta because they've actually brought back the entire staff almost and oh, the labor right. costs are through the roof. But, but the numbers aren't there. The sales yeah, aren't there. and yeah, we're right. proving that with a four-man squad, we don't need it. Yeah. You know, obviously our GM is very hands-on also and she's not scared to get her hands wet. Uh, she's also chosen to bring back people that are fully capable of not only serving but also bartending and also, you know, greeting people and yeah. putting out fires. Utility players. Exactly. And, Compared and those, to your uh, capacity before, what are you doing now? Well, I think we have about eight tables out front. We now have eight tables in the back. Uh, and we are at 50% inside, so that gives us, I think, another eight tables. But there's only two wait staff on the floor, so I've been pretty yeah, much right. pinned behind the bar. And if they get busy on the inside, I can kind of navigate around the bar and help out there. And it, they said it really made a difference because they tried to do it without the bartender and just make their own drinks for a while. But as the demand was there and people just kept on coming in, it, it just made it hard for two people and the GM to multitask these roles. So that's what, that's what we did is we brought back two bartenders to do the table service. Yeah. So instead of bringing back servers and, and then bartenders. someone has to make a drink, we were yeah. just like, okay, the first people back are going to be the bartenders. One, mo- seniority-wise, too, they've been here yeah. the longest. So it just made sense. They, they're the longest tenured employees. They should be the first ones back. back. Right. They know the restaurant better than anybody else. They should be the first ones back. They can make drinks and serve tables. Yeah. And to take out orders right. and pack food and they know the menu. They should be the first ones back. So that's what we did. So the table service is just the bartenders and they can make the drinks or whatever. But the other trend that we saw was we kept that. We had cut the menu down so yeah. much during the last three months just so that we could keep the labor consistent. Prep hours are down. How many people we have to have on the line is down every day. Obviously, the floor was non-existent until a couple of weeks ago. But we just kept that menu. So we reopened and reopened with that cut yeah. menu. And the same thing with the bar. I said, listen, for the for now, we had 20 drafts. We have six now, <laughs> right? We had a cocktail list of like 12 house cocktails that we were making in-house. We have three now, right? And we have two slushes. And then we have them all pre-made for to-go. Instead of breaking that back down when we go to table service, we just kept them in the court and pine-sized yeah, right? containers. Streamline operations. Served them that way at the table. Everything's quicker. Yeah. You get two full one. I think so far watching the, this kind of new trend, the reaction from the people has been kind of cool because they get the thing and they can pour it out. And we branded it. Actually, I stole from Kyle as I, I saw <laughs> the, bottles. the bottles that you guys <laughs> posted with the cool yeah. sticker on it. And I was like, that's good. I want to do that. So yeah. I said, where did you get those? And the same exact thing. <laughs> and we put those on it. And everybody's taking a picture of it. Yep. And now you get that exposure too. Whereas the regular cocktail didn't have our logo on it. But now the plastic bottle has a sticker on it and everybody's taking a picture and whatever. And then on our side, it's consistent. It's the same exact drink every yep. time because we batch it out. The price, there's no overpouring, So the margin is exactly the same every time. It's faster to get out. You need less people to execute it. And we're over here thinking like, maybe this is the way we're just gonna 
just gonna do yeah, this. Just stay into it. You know, yeah, like right. even when we come back, like but you this feel is that, our new way of doing it. You you feel that now and it's mostly because people aren't sitting at the bar, but when somebody's sitting at the bar, they want the presentation. They want to see it getting made. They want to see you yeah. shake your arms around a little bit and, you know, do the hocus pocus until you put the drink together. Uh, but as they're sitting on a table, yeah, they're not seeing any of that. You can just pour it right in, and they're That's not thinking twice about it. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I think that communal sharing of a drink, too, at least in our scenario, yeah. it works because people can get a quart of margaritas and sit there and just pour and share it, and they don't have to worry about who's touching my glass and yeah, this right. glass. You all just pour it themselves. I think when the bar comes back, you have a different kind of setup. You can pour one thing, and you have like kind of two operations at that point. But the other part is, too, you get the check averages up. Yep. Because where one person might have been the only yep. one drinking a margarita, now they order a quart and it's 40 bucks instead of yeah. 12 bucks. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's, it's you know. I have to give it to the blind pig also. Uh, I did see that they did slap their garnishes into yeah. their to-go bags yeah. as well, which is their nice. stuff looks nice. Garnish it yourself? Yep. Fine. Here's your yeah. dehydrated <laughs> lime or, you know, whatever it might be, yeah. uh, which is great. I will say the tough part is managing the new protocols that not everybody knows about, though. So when people come in, they're not oh. aware that we can only have a certain amount of people. Like and you were talking have, about those emails. I didn't get yeah. any of those three emails. Yeah. Right. right. You well, if you have, and if you have people at the... You could technically have people at the bar right now, but they have to be six feet apart. And for every person you put at the bar, you have to take away a table because that's the capacity limitation. Uh. So for us, it didn't make sense. We just keep the bar closed. Keep a table going. Yeah. I don't want to sit here and, and watch a bar stool move. Like, excuse me. Excuse no, no, me. no. Yeah. Tape Two more inches, please. You yeah. know, like, no, just sit at the table, and we know the tables are six feet apart. Yeah. But the other thing is people, you know, they come to a restaurant, they come to hang out. Friend walks up, and he's hanging over the table. Yeah. Now we have to say, sir, you have to be seated at, you know, to the table. How cool changes everybody's. Right. Hey, what's Yeah, now we're all Back up, back up. Yeah, and I have to sit here policing it. Yeah, right. Sir, you need to have a seat. Okay, and then he tries to squeeze into a a four, a fifth seat at a four top. Sir, I'm sorry, you can't. We can only have four seats at that table. If you guys would like to move to another table. And this is so counterintuitive to the way I've come up. Because. The rest the of my life in the restaurant. Like, yeah, chairs sure. yeah. Go chair. Yeah, let's go. More. You you call your friends. Here. You know, yeah, exactly. like everybody. Plenty of room here. You know, and now I'm sitting here saying no, yeah. and no is not a word that we use. Yep. Right. right. It's always let's figure Whatever out. Whatever you need. I'm gonna figure out how to say yes, not how can I tell you no. Yeah. You know, so that that's been, and I've gone up to tables and I feel like a dick because I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry guys, you can't do this right now. But Papa Cuomo is going to be mad at me. And get another email or three. And, yeah, you get another email. That's that's the tough part, and I don't think the general public understands understand. the yeah. protocols that we. I mean, you've seen the New York State forward thing. It's yeah. like ten pages long with all these different things that you have to go through. The stress level of having to deal with that on the back end is yeah, it's tough. Intense. Oh yeah, it's tough. Well, then some of it was like conflicting with what towns are allowing you to do and what the state yeah. says you could do. But I think going back to what you said before, there's. This whole thing caused the restaurant industry to put a mirror up against itself and really look at things that they either just ignored or just, I mean, I know guys have ex-partners who are this way. We're like, well, this is just the way we do it. And you get by and, you know, sales fixes everything. So you're busy. Like, but that's just, we, we need all these guys because that's what they do. Or we need all that stuff because so-and-so likes that cocktail and we have to keep it here. Now, then as soon as that happens, like, F this. They don't like it. Then they can... You know, and it makes you say, okay, you're right. Maybe we don't need that guy. Maybe we don't need that drink. We can cut this menu item. We can yeah. do this. And it's, I think guys who don't look at it that way are, are going to be in trouble. But yeah. I saw you post that. Like, uh, yeah. your question was, is this the reset 
he said yeah. something like is this the reset your restaurant yeah needed? right and i read that and i was like yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> it was this is nice you know? it is i mean some people just can't do it they just they just shut down like no yeah. this is but i put it's too much change at once for them yeah. yeah and that's just their mentality and they can't do it and unfortunately that's a recipe for disaster yeah, right yeah. there's others that they don't ever look at their product mix you know say it's irresponsible in some cases because yeah you can slim the menu really easily by just seeing that something's never ordered and maybe it's only fresh in your brain because kyle comes in or i'm sorry i should say chris comes in all the time (laughs) and he just goes oh i'm ordering that and in the restaurant owner's head they're saying oh that gets ordered all the time yeah but it's only chris that's ordering it and you don't realize your product mix shows that you sell five of these a month is and it there's worth nothing having? wrong with saying to the customer, like, hey, look, I know you love this, but you got to try something else. And if they don't come back, I knew it. They were buying the one drink anyways. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You know, like, especially now, we're talking about trying to keep your lights on. Sorry. We don't, we're not carrying this uh, $80 scotch anymore. Because just right. for you. Just for you. <laughs> circling, cooks. circling back to just <laughs> having to police the restaurant also as time goes on. And yeah, alcohol's involved. And you know, we're at this level of comfort to some extent as far as walking around without a mask on, you know, close proximity with the mask on out in the streets. And as that becomes a norm to us, we slightly close those restrictions up a little bit more as time goes on. And seeing people have drinks in the restaurant, you kind of default back to being very comfortable. Um, Same reason why a guy walks up to a girl in the bar because he just ripped four shots and he's feeling a little bit of courage, right? (laughs) That's right. Um, But sure enough, seeing this happen and having to police that on the back end, while you're already a skeleton team, while you're already doing a million different tickets as well, it's really hard. I mean, Saturday night, Friday night, there's still guys coming out and they're thinking that we're staying open until 2 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever it is, not realizing that these new restrictions have us closing by midnight. The same party that you were used to having in the bar is not the party that you're having now. And just getting toward the end of that night and having to kind of break that news, it's almost more helpful to set up what somebody should expect towards the end of the night as they're in these bars or restaurants. Hey, just a heads up guys, we're closing in an hour. (laughs) Just, and that'll prevent them from getting a little bit more rowdy. And then you having to police who's sitting at what table, how many people are sitting at this table, uh, and they'll move on. They'll figure out how to make a house party happen. I think right? people don't, you need to like advertise and set the expectation, you know, ahead of time. Like one thing that was happening over there was we would be sitting here and as soon as we got up, somebody was hawking the table, would come over and like, guys, like you just waited three months to come out and be, wait 30 seconds while yeah. we wipe down this table. Yeah. So make sure you're all to good. Do it properly, yeah. But they're not willing to do that. It's just people are pent up and need to get out. But yeah, it's impossible sometimes to play, especially when you don't have that much staff. You turn the three people you have to all turn around for one second. Now they're all... Like, you guys just sat down at yep. the dirty table. That was, that was the biggest thing for us was we had a big meeting the day before we reopened. I said, listen, make people wait a second. We got to clean the table. We got to spray everything down. We got to make sure everything's sanitized. Just explain to them, hey, we're still kind of, we're still doing this right yeah. now. You know, it's yeah. not, we're not 100% back. Give them a second, whatever. It, it, it is a weird thing. So I, we, in that meeting, we had to tell people not to, not to pre-bus. I'll, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. You want, you, you want me to get the phone? Are you happy the phone's ringing? I am. Are you happy we <laughs> happy have business not, during not Corona happy. time? Cool. Because we're closed. I can't even answer it and get that sale. But anyway. <laughs> Selfish. You know, in that meeting, we had to tell we had to tell the staff, don't pre-bust the table because you're going to reach over the table. And, you know, we don't want to do that. Let them put it all to the front, take it off. 
but try to keep your distance from the party. And it drives me nuts to say don't pre-bust the table because because you just gotta look at the table. You can see those. I know. <laughs> you know, but I'm I mean, sure that well, was hard for you. So I mean, your Lala is a different setup, not full service. Yeah. Right. You usually like what do you do? Counter. Well, yeah, we, bring it we've out been to three different restaurants in the last six months. We, <laughs> right, we were like. Right. Yeah, no servers. Just like walking around, clear the table, go up there and order it, and we'll bring it out to you, and then clean the table when you're done. Then we went to only takeout, and now we're full service. Now you're full Because service. it's just okay. the way we had to do it. And we tried, like, no, you actually have to order up here. And then, like I said, people coming in, scoop behind the table, we're going to wipe the table clean, and they're like, can we get it? It's okay. So now we're, we got the handheld, we're out there with the toast handhelds, we're doing it that way. And it's working out fine, but it's just been an adjustment after an adjustment after an adjustment. But, Who's, phys- who's physically out there police- policing everything right now? Me. Right now, me. <laughs> is there anybody that's not internal? Somebody there's from the lot, county or the state? Got, uh, the fire chief or whatever he is lives in town and walks around like, he hey, walks, just, okay. yeah. So, I mean, I, you know. I know the state has says they put SLA agents yeah. out to, but they're not visible. You know, like they just want to. Like plain clothes just yeah, walk around. Yeah, they just want to throw you a ticket. Yeah. You know, something like that. It's, Someone's got to pay for the $600 bump everybody got on the yeah, plane. Right. <laughs> and and I'm, not, I'm not putting any places out there particularly because they're all over the U.S., I'm sure. Yeah. But it's a lot of these bars that have now opened up, it's just lawlessness. And I've, I've I was, seen some crazy stuff in my neighborhood. I, I was saying the previous week, you know, going into Yonkers, uh, Yonkers alone in, in itself is lawlessness. Uh, <laughs> but now, you know, walk out to the waterfront and you've just got everybody ordering drinks, walking up and down the street with drinks, yeah. and nobody's out there saying anything to them. Nobody's really policing anything. Um, take going into another bar late night, look like a Brooklyn black party. Oh, yeah. 150 people plus. DJ, no masks anywhere, everybody on top of each other, they could care less. Dude, have you seen like the pictures from Phoenix and Dallas and parts of Miami, Florida? That's the part that makes me nervous. They're on top of each other. Yeah, Yeah, that makes me nervous because I don't want to go back. Yeah, if you go back and these restaurants are being reshut down, bars, they took, these bars can't sell alcohol in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I think in Dallas too. Florida's grounded. And that's something that I I think that people as owners (laughs) here should have a fear of because as these other states fuck everything up for everyone else, now, are they going to come back and look at us and go, you know what, we have to full stop everything again? You just restocked your fridge with everything. You yeah. just implemented all the changes that you were going to make to get business back. That's why I think this is the beginning of a second. This is going to be the real round. Of, if this is true, this happens in other cities. And I don't know if you did. you guys see that chart from Chase Bank? It was tracking spending at restaurants and how it's impact and comparing it to where there are second rounds of closures. That's crazy. And they're saying, you know, by tracking transactions on credit cards and debit cards, the cities where there's the most restaurant activity are the ones that are having the most, they're having another resurgence. Yeah, remote yeah. resurgence. So Florida, Phoenix. So it's, it's, it's a really cool graph. It's like X, Y, and the line is like this. And the New York is actually in the good spot. That's good. And you can see Dallas, Phoenix, and all those other cities on the top right where they're getting screwed. But yeah, I mean, the, the, that's going to be the part that's going to put these guys out. They're not going to be able to get up after the second punch. I think yeah. it's also great to see how well we're performing up here in this Northeast Territory yeah, yeah, sure. where, you know, that's the least expected. We're like yeah. ground zero as yeah. far as just people on top of each other. And well, like our numbers best, are down. Totally I think we had down. the best plan to yeah. attack. The best leadership. And, I mean, this guy yeah. was very straightforward. Like, this is what's going to happen if you don't do this. This is why you got to stay here. These yeah. other guys are like, in Florida, you still don't even have to wear masks. And they made the decision quick enough. Where they it did, wasn't, yeah. You know, yeah. back and forth. Right. And we didn't go back to it early. I, I even said, I was, oh, we should just open, you know, random so-and-so walk down the sidewalk. This is ridiculous. We need to reopen. I said, I'd rather wait 
an extra see three what weeks, it is. Yeah, four weeks, said, yeah. then open too early and close again. Because yeah. just like you said, the second punch, I could take one. Yeah. You know, Can't we made two. it through the first punch. If we had, if we opened all the way back up and had to go back, I don't know if you're gonna. I don't know if you're gonna get up that time. Yeah. Well, that's what's happening. These you guys know. are saying in the city, they're like, I'm not opening at fifty percent capacity. I'm not gonna do this. Yeah. I'm not gonna do it again. You know, there's the moral aspect of like, okay, then until there's a vaccine, you're gonna have all your cooks getting on the train. You're having the servers coming on yeah. by bus from Queens. They're gonna like, this this isn't a safe place, and I'm gonna bring them in for what? I'm not making any money. So what's the point? Right. You that was basically what USHG said. That's why we're still out of work. Oh, Last yeah. I heard was they weren't gonna open up all the restaurants until we had a vaccine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. So how was your how was your experience? How hard was your pivot to take out over there? Is it? To be honest, the, the hardest part was that we got so busy. It was a yeah. numbers game. There were not, there were like no other taco places in there or at that price point, you know. And um, our plancha in the back is like three quarters the size of this table, and our quesadillas are ten inches. <laughs> so somebody orders six quesadillas, we just went it's from a half hour away to yeah. a forty-five minute wait. Happens again. Now we're an hour wait. So we actually had to, f- you know, we're gonna have to buy a bigger plancha. We're gonna have to like maybe build out the kitchen another three or four feet, but. Um, the actual pivot of it was just being so small and trying. I mean, we have we use pizza boxes right. for our quesadillas stacked to the ceiling. We had you know to go cups and like we don't have an ice machine. So there was a lot of like good problems, but um, you know there are a lot of so many restaurants. You know they can't just all of a sudden. How do I pack my muscles just, to yeah, go? I right. can't do this. Or I plate the salmon tartare this way. How are we gonna do this? But I mean, ours was we couldn't keep up. And we're kind of at that now. The tables. Did you notice when the dinner service? got smaller to where everybody ordered from like 6 to 7 30 yeah. and it's like it's dinner time oh yeah <laughs> right. yeah yeah it's, it's like, crazy that time it was that we did well first of all in the middle of all this was also Cinco de Mayo <laughs> I remember my yeah, god was, dude that was awful I mean it was good sales but it was like you still don't feel good about it I don't feel good talking about it right now we did four days worth of sales in two hours yeah that's not that's not good for anybody and people yeah, were destroyed I remember we had days like that that's when you go home Questioning your life decisions. Yep. Like, yeah. The, uh, just throwing food at people. The last yes. Harbor Island Beer Fest that we, me, you, and Mike walked up, just walked into hell, basically. You remember that night? Oh, I do remember that. Ugh. Yeah, it was like 6,000 oh. people at one time. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about having pizza boxes stacked to the ceiling, and, like, people don't realize, A, the size of the space. Yeah. But... Pizza boxes take up a lot of room pizza because they're not flat. You've already pre-prepared them to put everything in for speed, yeah. but also the amount of room that those are taking up is insane. And even when they're flat, they're thinking of these big floppy tubes. Yeah, they're they don't yes. they don't like fit on any shelf. No, they just hang off the edges. Yeah, is there no other way to package those things? I don't, we're trying to figure it out now, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. We used to cut them; it was a mess. The pizza boxes are great, but yeah, they take up a ton of space. Yeah, I don't know. Geez. Like that's the, that's one of the things. Operationally, now we're gonna have to say. That's where the pizza boxes go. <laughs> we need to stack them. I mean, people are eating 8, 10, 12, 16 quesadillas. I mean, that's no when, man, no when you're talking about new business ideas, too, and kind of just being able to pivot and do different things, where you're saying that you might have to expand the kitchen, is it actually ultimately maybe cheaper to just buy a food truck at that point and use that to facilitate some of these orders? I think something. I think the one thing that's going to come out of this is a lot of restaurants are going to start to think, rethink their kitchens in terms of... Um, you know, before I think we might even spoke about this before. Like the footprint was, well, restaurant sizes are not getting smaller; they're actually getting bigger, or staying the same size. But just more of that's being allocated to a kitchen. So, like one line is for in-house, one line is for takeout. Both set up exactly the same way, and they're doing it 
you know, they're dedicated just to printers and guys come to the back door. You're doing the people coming to the front door. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be the smart ones are going to look at it every which way to make it make the most sense. I mean, for us, it, it was all about capacity. We were at max capacity, like at that 630 to 730 time. 645, we're like, it's an hour wait. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like yeah. can't do it. Maybe. Might be more. <laughs> but we, I, I try not to complain about it because there's so many guys who have done that over the door. Yeah. yeah, so... What's your um, what's your take on Uber through this whole process? So actually, we're switching to 100% native. We're with a company that um, they're called Figure Eight. Okay. So the guy is um, he's the guy who set up all the native delivery for uh, Dig In. So that's actually my call at three o'clock. Is that they come in and they say, okay, where are you at now? How are you set up? Basically, looking at it from if you're not getting the marketing from Grubhub, Uber Eats, and all those guys. How are you going to position yourself? Because now you're in the customer acquisition game. You're in a traditional sales funnel. Like, my point was, okay, well, we're not in New York City. We're not in Chicago. We're not in Boston. I can handle the marketing of our core market. Why am I paying these guys astronomical amounts of money? Right. So um, I despise them. And I think it's, you know, I've kicked multiple of them out of the restaurant. But at this time, just being aggressive, pissed off about the wait time, whatever. I told them, just get out. Then we don't have to come back. But, um, yeah, because of that, we're trying to go 100% native. How how long did it take you just to develop the native takeout here yeah. in Mamaroneck? So, that's a two-part question. We had it right away. I expect yeah. a two-part answer here. We we had it we had it right away. We brought it from. We Euro. couldn't get it to. We couldn't get the system to be to get people to access our system. It took us quite a quite a long time to get that to be the first the first call, which is why we went to like the Grubhub and the Uber Eats and all that stuff. So we we always had like a fifty yeah. percent delivery uh, takeout thing, and then actually weird thing when we closed in December in New Row, we moved that phone number over here, yeah. so the New Row one started ringing here, and then through the whole pandemic, we just been just doing <laughs> two areas of takeout through one place, which was cool because it kept you know it really helped us out yeah. in the long run. Kept two communities. But that's when people started hitting our website. So when we would do five or six through our website orders normally, now we're doing like 45. You know, and it used to be Uber and Grubhub majority. Our website's secondary, and now it's kind of flopped. Do you still use them? Yeah. We still use them, but I'm like right there of getting them out of house. Because the same thing, I've kicked a few drivers out of here from being unpresentable or just being, you know, bumping out customers that are standing there. You know, we have guests that walk in, yeah. and they're saying their Uber guys just in the way. You know, just oh god, throwing yeah. their phone up over the over the guest that's standing there ordering. I'm like, dude, pickup is right there. It'll be there when it's ready. Yeah. They should be required to Stop. wear Uber Eats merchandise some, when they some walk of them in. do, and, and it's weird because some of them come yeah, in. Like you see a couple that have do. like the hat and yeah, shirt. Young go getters. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, yo, this guy knows. He knows what he's doing. You know, stand out from the crowd, man. But some of them are wearing sandals and like they got somebody else driving. They're just like yeah, someone else driving. We had one. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast before, but we've definitely told the story. We had one that got pulled up. Uh, yeah. Got pulled over as he was getting pulled up. He did one of the illegal Here? U-turns. Yeah, yeah into the parking spot. He gets pulled over. The cops behind him. Where see on the Uber it says Ramon has arrived. I don't see Ramon. We're waiting like ten minutes. <laughs> The guy's getting pulled over. His girlfriend's in the car yelling at the cop, why are you pulling him over? Why are you pulling him over? And the cop pulls a purse out of the car, and he goes, uh, is this your purse? And the, the girlfriend, of course it's my purse. Does it look like he wears a purse? And he goes, 
Sorry, I'm just trying to be clear because it's where I found all the weed. <laughs> you know, so I just want to make sure whose it was. You know, oh, and then she gets all quiet. This whole thing, whatever. He gets a ticket. And this all happened like right outside the right outside. I'm watching the whole You're thing. You're like the food's getting cold. We're still waiting for Ramon <laughs> to pick it up. Sure enough, the cop leaves and it says Ramon has canceled the pickup. And I hear the cop say, "Okay, Ramon, have a good day." And I'm like, "I don't want this guy driving the food." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, to the guest. But the guest doesn't realize this shenanigans that yeah. happens in between. I'd rather mm-hmm. them just be our guy picking up, yeah. whatever. So now that we've kind of flip flopped that and we're getting most of the orders in through ourselves, through ourselves, yeah. we're right there waiting just. So what, what I'm, we're supposed to talk about today is apparently DoorDash has a white label service. So you're not, they're, they're not going to be labeled as DoorDash. They're not going to have any DoorDash stuff. They're going to be your crew. And they're going to say, hey, uh, you're going to cycle through them. And you're going to say, I like these guys. I don't like that one. And then you know, it's going to change from time to time. By the end of the day, you get to pick and choose. So it was, they're really cool. They're like, they look at your website. They look at your packaging. They look at your menu. And they're like, you know, something stupid. Like, people on the website naturally look to the top right first. So put your order food button there. Like, so they do this quick analysis. Then they look at your social. And they say, look, here's how we're going to get people in. Here's how we're gonna, you're going to package these things. You're going to package one package as a date night. One as a, you know, family pack of four. To try to keep that check average up if you have to keep going this way. So, yeah, definitely is... Uh, you know, a way to go. I think package like, deals have been successful through all this as well. Yeah. Right? Haven't we seen a lot of restaurants pivot into oh, yeah. doing you, the you family four pack, the three pack? The beginning. I, think, oh. <laughs> I think that was the, the trend in the beginning. Right when it Don't hit, yeah. people got nervous. And you're like, I just got to make sure that me and my family are taken care of. So yeah, and the family people got ner- I think people got a little nervous and we're looking for economic friendly deals that are going to feed the whole family yeah so you saw those we did a you know feed the squad kind of thing family for four is like 50 bucks get a ton of food but then a couple months into it when it became a normalcy people kind of went back to just what they were used to and just ordering again can i swap this out yeah yeah. all of a sudden there was one day it was funny there was one day we left the online ordering on for a day we were closed we forgot to adjust the hours yeah and uh, we got like 30 orders in. And I had to call all these people. I was like, I'm so sorry, but it's closed Monday. There was a yeah. glitch on the website, whatever. And every single person was like, no worries. We're just glad you guys are okay. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. In fact, I'll take the order tomorrow. You know, We're home, whatever. Just send yeah. it to us tomorrow. That's nice. If yeah, it was nice. I said never in a million years would I get that yeah, response from no, no, thirty people. What are you guys doing? Closing? Turn up your website. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm, we're back to that now. Though if yeah. that happened tomorrow, people are just furious. Oh man, oh, yeah. like what do you guys want? Some kind of clown operation over yeah, there? Yeah. Something like that. Money from me? You know. Kyle, like I, I think, I, I guess, congratulate you, right? As recently you just joined into the Saber Real Estate yeah, Group. Yeah, You want to talk on that a little bit and tell us, uh, yes. you know, what advantages that now presents to you and what you're bringing to their table? Yeah, I think, you know, CB was a great company, but they're, like, very rigid. They're very, you stay in this silo and this is what you do. And you learn a lot, but it's, like, very highly technical. It's very, like, finance-driven. So I've been talking to uh, Jay Siano over at Sabre for a while. And, um, S-A-B-R-E? S-A-B-R-E, right? yeah. And they, they, he was like, you know, with your social, because I was getting in a lot of trouble over there at CB with my social. I can't say certain things. I take things down. And I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Like, this, I'm not even saying anything. What? Like, I can't talk about the benefits of buying a second-generation restaurant or versus building one out from scratch. I, I was offended by some of your yeah. dancing TikTok <laughs> no, videos. I apologize. Like, those, are, those are right flu. You shouldn't be offended by the some flip of those. The flip the switch one was... Uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I get called out for that like, still like once a day. But like, yeah, so the, the Sabre is much more agile, I would say. 
boots on the ground, like we're going to come to you as an advisory role. We're going to come to you and talk to you about let's look at all your leases now. And we're not looking to transact on anything, but we're going to let's map out a plan for you, particularly right now. And it's just a way of doing business. You know, we're going to do our listings are going to be we might have a podcast with you. We might have drone footage. We might have definitely going to have a video footage. Whereas everybody else in commercial real estate is sending out email blasts and flyers and saying, hey, you know, Justin, there's 2,500 square feet over here. And you're like, I have no I have no interest in that market. You know, it's really like... the delete button real fast. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So As it's opposed like, to you coming in, maybe with drone footage of where that market is yeah. and saying, this is why you need to take this 2,500 square foot right. spot. Like I'm going to Westport on Thursday and my whole thing is, here's why you should be here. You want to go to Westport? I'm going to go there. I'm going to show everybody everything. For some reason, people in commercial real estate feel like, well, I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody what's going on. They're, they're going to find, well, I'll be the one telling everybody then, and then you guys can sit back with these places in your pocket and let me know how your email blast works out. And, and Westport is a building area in an old money area as yeah. well, no? Why would guys not want to go in there? Yeah. I mean, you've got Bar Taco there, don't you? Bar Taco, the uh, Bill Tavy just opened up an awesome Mexican spot, authentic Mexican with like with his kind of twist, Kawani, the Welk, Match Burger, Lobster Rift. It's a great restaurant town. Yeah. But commercial real estate, these people are run by a bunch of old white dudes who have known how to do things a certain way, and they don't like people who want to. You can't disrupt something, expect something to be. So I, in Sabre, I found they're like, no, disrupt. We yeah. want you to go disrupt everything. So Jay is very, uh, he represents a lot of fitness brands, um, Orange Theory, uh, Solid Core, like a lot of like restaurant stuff, emerging restaurant, emerging fitness brands as opposed to emerging restaurant brands. Um, and he's like, I said, Jay, look, I got in a lot of trouble over at CBRE for what I said. He goes, Kyle, I'm going to stop you right there. I don't think there's one thing that you could talk about that would bother me. So I was like, let's go. And it was, um, you know, just national advisory work on a scale where I can sit down and talk to people about not be afraid of what put out there content wise. Like what are the five things you need to tell me before we even talk about listing your restaurant? Why can't I, why could I not say that somewhere else? You know, I need to know your square footage. What's your hood capacity? You right. know, how much are you looking to get for this place? Or, you know, do you have any issues with your liquor license? Like, let's figure it all out together. Um, for some reason, you're not supposed to do that in commercial real estate. So, is it more so the idea of give less to get the conversation flowing and have them force the call on you? I think it's like putting the shield first, like the big, whether it's Ripco, CBRE, JLL, or this is who we are. But most of the phone calls I get from people for just like referral stuff are not like, oh, I hear you work for Sabre. They're like, oh, I see you because of this. Right. And I, it makes me more apt to talk about Sabre because they let me do it. Whereas at a company like CB or Ripco, I don't want to talk about them because they're telling me to shut up. Yeah. That's I, always the old game too. It's all, it always seems to be those companies want to stay, hold the, hold the line, hold the line, and then the, everything passes them and then they're running to catch up to, to catch, the, up, to catch up to the game. That's after. Blockbuster Netflix. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Blockbuster didn't want to sell to Netflix and they ended up going going out of Come business. I could care right. less what con I think there's an old school thing of saying, you know, we're a we're a partner with this company. So you look at a big a big company that everybody knows the name of and, and like, trust me some it. guy wants to say, No, no, I use that I'm I'm part of that portfolio. You know, we're a, we're a this and that group. And I don't think the new the younger generation or like the cares about that gives a shit at all yeah, yeah. Like, no. I could care less you know I don't care what company you work for I'm gonna call you because we've been doing this yeah. and I see exactly what you said 
and you know now I know you. I'm gonna, I don't care if you were with them. Okay, now I'm gonna go wherever you're wherever yeah, exactly. you're at, and I'm gonna call this dude because that's what I want to do. And it's things like you know a lot of these people will say, hey, do you want to go see this space on Thursday or Friday? And you're like, are you, are you serious? Like, I, I can't, can we go on Monday? Like that, just knowing like, hey, you can't call them at this time. This is what. Yeah. So there's some things like, yeah, I'll take as an advantage because I know restaurant people and I know kind of how they operate and what their where their heads are at. But um, I think overall the advantage is provide all the upfront value and now you can't, you have nothing, what are you going to show them? I already showed them that space. I already told them about that space. They don't like it. This is, and finding out like, hey, you know, I want to be in, if you said to me, hey, I want to be in. I'm going to throw the fucking phone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> stop. It's somebody trying to find, it's a commercial broker trying to get him a spot right now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's you saying, hey, I'm going to want to go up to Boston. I want to be on this street. And then we'll say, okay, we'll, we'll go up there and we'll find us. We'll find 2,000 square foot. It might be a card shop now, it might be whatever, but it's just a different way of thinking, doing business. Totally. And, uh, you know, with going into Sabre, are they actually located out here in the Northeast so, territory? Um, yeah, so they're based out of the city, work out of a WeWork office in the city, and then have an office in Garden City on Long Island, and then uh, North Jersey, and then uh, my house in Westchester and Fairfield. Yeah. I was supposed to start the Westchester and Fairfield office, so... Um, That'll be on hold for a while, obviously. Yeah, but you know, to be honest, things are starting to pick up. I mean, there are guys that everybody at this table knows who I spoke to on my way here that are like, do you know any? I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. I have a new idea for this. I have a new idea for that. So this past week, the last 10 days or so, people are starting to try to find deals. I can see I see that happening, too. Like, we were talking a little bit about the future, future landscape, and now we're starting to come out of it, although this juncture route right now might be the hardest part of the whole yeah. thing but whoever comes through this might have a little cash and there's going to be a lot of opportunity for the new new wave oh, of yeah. stuff going on because you're seeing this week i feel like i saw the most amount of this place is closed this place yeah. is closed this yeah. place is closed this place is closed and you would think that would have happened a couple months ago as soon as we hit this thing but it feels like now i'm seeing all right this guy's hanging it up this guy's hanging it up all that's going to be open and if you're if you're in the game early enough and you got the energy to do it. There's going to be a yeah. ton of a ton of opportunity. Yeah, that is true. We actually yeah. talked second generation restaurants last time you were in here, yeah. and uh, obviously there's a big advantage of taking a second gen spot that maybe just couldn't cut it for whatever reasons it was. Um, but are you seeing these places start to open up? They're starting to open up, and I think you know. Places, you know, like Smokehouse or Lala that are opening up and are doing a good job, provide, still providing an experience, are going to cause these other places to go out. Because now they don't have the outdoor seating. Either they don't have it or they can't execute. Mm. And they were hoping for the state, well, when we can open back up, but we can have outdoor seating. And I can just sense the tone in their voice. They're just like, I'm not going to be able to. Like, I'm trying. But now it's like, oh, let's go to Smokehouse. They got the slushy machine at the door. We can get, yeah. let's go to Lala's under the palm trees. Let's go, you know, up to Stanford and go. Like, you know, Taco Daddy or 14 on the rooftop. You're gonna do all be able to do these things because now they're they're the ones who do it right. They're good operators and they're prepared for it and they were ready to do it. And some maybe didn't have the out there seating and figure out something else, but some guys are just not gonna be able to, to yeah, deal. I think if you didn't make that initial pivot, yeah, it's too late to do it. It's now. it's a yeah. longer jump to the next step. Than, yeah. you know, if you if you we made that pivot the last three months and operate in it, so we kind of. I think we got a feeling of what yeah, it's going to look more like used to it right before now. it got there. Yeah. You know, before all the mandates and protocols came out, I think we all had a pretty good idea of what it was going to look like so we could adjust. Yeah. And if you didn't make that pivot, you didn't do it. Yeah. 
to branch further to branch further into the second gen too. Is it insane to think that guys are going to start approaching you and they're going to start asking the prices on the square footage and go, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. I'm not paying that at all. Oh, yeah. And yeah. do you think this is going to pull the real estate values down a little bit and have guys settle and say, you know what, I'll take that 16 instead yeah. of the 20? I think it's going to be, you know, and this market's different because we're like a affluent market and landlords maybe have more than one properties and one goes vacant. They're not in such a rush to drop their pants on that one. Um, but, you know, there's a guy I know in Miami who does uh, leasing for a major uh, landlord. And he has a place listed for like $40 a square foot. He's getting offers for like $5 a square foot, $10 a square foot. Well, I, and this, this, this is the first round of opportunists, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be another one who's saying, okay, this is going to be okay. You, this is, you was 60. I'll take it for 48. I'll take, you know what I mean? So it's definitely going to happen. But I don't think there's been a knee-jerk reaction by the landlords at all. In fact, they've been like, screw this. This is... We're gonna be fine. I'm yeah. paying attention. This is if I can ride this out another three months max. No, it's still hundred dollars square foot. So, but they're, they're, the opportunists right now are taking what they can for sure. Uh, I perused through an article the other day too. I didn't fully go into depth with it, but I, I took from it that thirty-year mortgages by areas that are kind of at sea level are possibly going to start being in jeopardy down the road because as the ice caps melt and seawater rises, they're saying we don't maybe want to take a 30-year mortgage risk yeah. on you if this part of the world may be underwater due to, you know, whatever it is at that point. That's wild. Like, That's pretty deep. I, yeah. I just had to <laughs> I, I drop that gem real quick, guys. Anyway, let's not hold you up. I know you got to get on the phone. Nooms, take That's us out of here. Take us out of here. Uh, Good talk, guys. It's like it's his first time. Like, well, what are we going to do now? <laughs> Good no, talk, guys. Good talk, guys. Uh, don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button because, you know, algorithms.